out there, how's it going? Welcome to Screen Speak. It is the podcast that is all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson, this is my podcast, and I want to thank you for taking the time to come by and give it a listen. If you have not done so already, please, please go ahead and hit the follow button and or download episodes of Screen Speak on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. All those follows, all those downloads helps the growth of the podcast and helps me to stay motivated to continue to make the content. So please, please go ahead and do that. I would really greatly appreciate it. Um, Before I get into all the content of today's episode, which I admit, if you've been listening to Screen Speak or you're a first-time listener, on today's episode, I am going to be taking a different approach to what I normally do on the show, which is take a single film, talk about it in depth, uh, you know, review it, analyze it, however you want to label the the way I do the episodes. It's going to be different this time around. Uh, I'm sure we all saw a couple weeks ago that the American actor Ray Liotta had passed away in his sleep while shooting a movie, Dangerous Waters, I believe is the title of the movie. Um, it was in the Dominican Republic, uh, the Dominican Republic, I want to say, but anyway, he passed away and it just got me thinking that that's an actor that I had to actually think I'm like, wow, I actually enjoy a lot of, a lot more movies from him than I initially realized because like a number of people out there, I thought of Goodfellas, thought of Field of Dreams, thought of. Uh, Copland, amongst others, and and we'll get to all those for sure, but he really was in a lot of different movies, uh, played a lot of different interesting characters over the course of his career, and so I just thought in in tribute to him, I wanted to talk about his filmography, talk about his life, talk about which of his works really stuck with me the most, and and just sort of, uh, yeah, like I said, just do a tribute to Ray Liotta, so... Before I get to all that, let's just take a second, uh, wherever you're at, uh, if you're if you're sitting around, have some water, maybe some soda, uh, maybe even a, a beverage of your choice. I, I'm not really sure what it is that you have, but let's just take a second, take a deep breath, and and just just kick back a little bit and relax if you can. So here we go. <clears throat> it's been a minute. It's been a minute for sure since I've been back on the podcast. I'm trying to think the last episode I had, I believe I was talking about Tremors, which coincidentally that was because the actor Fred Ward passed away. So perhaps that in some small way inspired me to want to do a in memoriam episode, if you will, for an actor. So we'll see how it goes. But, but anyway, um, I wanted to share a little bit about what's been going on with my own life in the last couple of weeks, just give you some updates, that sort of thing, since it's been a while. Uh, what can I tell you? Mm, uh, well, my, my work is going well. Uh, I won't say what that is for the podcast. That's It's not about that, but it's part of my life, so I have to reflect on it a little bit. It's going well, uh, doing some things that I have never done before. Uh, Most recently, I had to do something that I have not done before on a professional level. And I think for what it was, it went fairly well. 
And I realize I'm being very vague and you're like, well, you're not telling us what you do. So how am I to really care about that thing that you did? And to answer that, you don't, but it helps me to air it out. So uh, just bear with me, okay? Uh, but that went well. The These things that worked that I hadn't had to do before, uh, those went well. So that's been taking up my time just doing uh, preparation for these things that I'm not mentioning. Uh, let's see, what else can I tell you that I don't have to be so ambiguous about? Well, uh, on the personal front, I am still preparing to get sacram- uh, sacral, oh my gosh, I can't say sacramental, sacramental wedding, the sacral, oh my, you know what, I'm just going to say the wedding, okay? I'm civilly married right now, but I can't say sacramental to save my life, so I'll just say that portion of the wedding is still underway, Okay. It's happening later this fall, and I find that when I'm not doing my day job and just living a life, that I'm spending a lot of time getting the the wedding uh, ready, which I really should thank my wife for that, uh, my, my civilly married wife. I'll say that until the church part of it happens, but I will thank her. <clears throat> she really does a lot of the work behind the scenes and does research into things that I just quite frankly don't have time for. So without her and and what she does for that, I, I I would probably be at a loss and we would have a pretty makeshift sloppy wedding if it was left up to me. So thank you. Thank you, Isola. I really appreciate you and I love you. So boom, there's that. Uh, but that's going well. Picked out the suits. Um, I can, I, I maybe I should say the color. Yeah, you know what? I'll say the color of what I'm going to wear so that way the loyal ScreenSpeak audience can get a sneak peek as to what I'm going to wear and I won't tell the rest of my family or friends or anything. Unless they, of course, listen to this show. I'm going to be wearing a blue suit. Blue. I like blue. One, it's one of my favorite colors, if not my most favorite color. It's different from the traditional black look that you see at a lot of weddings and whatnot. And I think it just speaks... Uh, to my personality, so I'm I'm happy with that, and I'm sure the final fitted look from the tailor and all that will look quite nice uh, when it's done. So that's one less thing to worry about. Still trying to figure out the other details. Uh, Got to get a photographer. There's stuff with the florist, which wow, flowers. Let me tell you, I don't know anything about flowers, not really. In fact, with all this wedding stuff, I'm learning things about it I had no idea about. Like, did you know what a boutonniere was? A boutonniere? I mean, if you don't, like, work in floral or are trying to get married or going to prom, maybe. Maybe they use it for that. Why would you know what a boutonniere is? I don't know. It's even a funny name. Boutonniere. Boutonniere. But I don't know what that is uh, until now. I guess I know what it is. Sort of. So learning about that, but there, there's a lot of costs that goes into the, the, these things, uh, these flower things, uh, more, more than I ever thought there would be. But it is what it is. It's, it's part of the look of the wedding. You only get married once, so try to, try to make the best of it, including on the floral arrangement front. So I don't know. Um, let's see. So there's all that stuff happening, but I think it will go off without a hitch. I think it will be fine on the day. Um, hard to know what you'll be like on your wedding day, right? I don't know. I've, of course, I've given it a great deal of thought, as I'm sure most do before they get married, but I don't know. I don't know how I'll be. I'm sure I'll be very happy. Um, I can tell you that. 
and I will be very happy, probably emotional, uh, and it'll probably be best to make sure that I don't have uh, too many glasses of wine or anything like that before the speech part unless you want to see the real emotional me come out because eh, if you knock back one too many, it's an emotional day, uh, it just seems like a not a good idea, so we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, okay, what else? What else can I tell you? Getting more guests for the podcast, uh, I can tell you that. Um, Bruce, uh, he's been on the last two times, but he seems to enjoy recording with me. So, Bruce, if you're listening, I appreciate that. But I think he's going to come back a handful of times here in the future, so that'll be nice. Um, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, I have another gentleman that I, I won't uh, say who it is yet because he hasn't been on the podcast yet, but coordinating with him, trying to figure out what movie we're going to talk about, figure out dates, times, that sort of thing. So that's also coming down, uh, which is great. I love having people I haven't had on the, the show or show seems strange. Just we'll call it the podcast. I uh, love having new guests uh, come on the podcast. And I will say... If you are or anyone you know of uh, has a passion for movies or is just someone that you consider to be interesting and likes podcasts and they may be interested in trying to be a guest, uh, please let them let them talk to me. Let's let's talk. Let's figure it out. Let's see if we can make something work. I'm not going to make any promises, but I never say never until it's appropriate to say never. So if you're interested in being a guest on ScreenSpeak or you know someone that is, have them email uh, have them email me, reach out to the podcast. The email is screenspeakpodcast at gmail.com. I'll say that one more time. It's screenspeakpodcast all together. So I'm saying it's screenspeakpodcast, no spaces, at gmail.com. Okay? So... Maybe that'll get some more guests on the show, but until then, we'll, uh, well, not we, I'll draw them up as needed. All right, what else? Is there anything else? Been talking about, you know, did this for 10 minutes, did an introduction. Why can't I say introduction? Who cares? You're thinking too much. Get out of your head. Let's let's start talking about Ray, right? Let's start talking about Mr. Leota. <clears throat> Actually, okay, I lied. Before I do... In all, sin- uh, in all sincerity, I hope everybody out there is doing well. I hope you're doing okay. If someone hasn't asked you how you're doing in a while, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to ask you right now, even though you can't answer back, unless, of course, you do answer back out into the void, and you know, I'll, I'll somehow connect with you psychologically or, or spiritually or uh, some way I will know that you're like, hey, thanks for asking, Jordan. I really appreciate that. I'm doing okay or I'm doing horrible. In any case, good, bad, never alone. There's always something that can be done. There's always ways out. There's always good solutions for things. So I don't know why I'm trying to be so positive right there, but it just it just felt needed. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't stop it, won't stop it. Let's start talking about Ray Liotta. Okay. So very first thing I wanted to talk about is just to start with where he was born, when... Uh, Ray Liotta was born on December 18th, 1954, and he is from Newark, New Jersey. I've never been to New Jersey. Only thing I really associate with New Jersey is Kevin Smith and Clerks and that whole thing. Uh, he's 
very famous filmmaker from that area, and New Jersey is just a big part of his movies, so that's the most I think I've seen of New Jersey. But in any case, he was born there. Um, I'm trying to think what else I could say about him. I was going to save the interesting facts up until the end of it, but at the end of this episode, but whatever, I'll, I'll just go into it now. All right, so he was born December 18th, 1954 in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, he was adopted, which is interesting. I don't know if a lot of people knew that. He was adopted and for the longest time did not bother to seek out his birth parents. Uh, reports show that it wasn't until his 40s that he um, took it upon himself to hire a private investigator to seek out his birth mother and I and I believe birth father too. I don't know if he ever got around to finding out who that was, but he found his birth mother apparently and found out that she was of Scottish descent, which in turn makes him, Ray Liotta, of Scottish descent. So I thought that was interesting. And it was also interesting seeing him remark in interviews and, and other testimonials that he gave about it when it was happening, just what he felt. Because it's it's interesting to think about what a person that's adopted would feel to, you know, find out their birth parents. Are they, you know, what do, what do you think about that? It's like, I'm, I'm sure if you waited for so long to figure out who they were, you must have so many different ideas about who they could be. And then you have to wonder, did they live up to the expectation or was there an expectation or what came with it? Was there any sort of closure that comes with it? I have a lot of questions about that, and I don't really know anyone in my own life that's been adopted. I think I actually have a cousin, a distant cousin that's adopted, but I, I don't know her well enough to, to really talk about it at, at great length, so I, I can't speak to what it would be like. But I imagine it would be tough, um, especially like towards the people that raised you, the, the, per, the parental figures of your life. Even though they're not biologically your parents, I, I still think if they're raising you from that early age, you must must feel some sort of uh, parental bond with them. So the whole subject of adoption is actually really interesting to me, as, a, as are a lot of different subjects, but adoption in particular, and especially for Ray Liotta. So he was adopted, found his birth mother, found out he's, uh, that he's Scottish, so that's cool. He studied acting at the University of Miami, and during that time, he actually uh, was working at a local cemetery, I think probably to help pay his way through school. Um, dark job, I would assume. Now, that, I mean, who knows? Maybe he's not actually seeing like, the bodies go into the ground. Maybe he's just digging the holes first or, or putting the dirt on. I, I don't really know. I don't know what one does at a cemetery. Any cemetery workers out there, feel free to send me a message. Let me know what you do. Um, I don't know, but can't imagine everybody would want to have that type of a job. Might be a little sad for some people, but hey, a job's a job, and you got to pay the bills. <clears throat> Another interesting fact about Ray was that he was originally offered the part of Dignum, uh, Detective Dignum, in the Martin Scorsese movie, the Departed, which was his remake of the Japanese film Infernal, uh, Infernal Affairs. And the role of Dignum, that eventually went to Mark Wahlberg, who was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor Oscar for the movie. 
Um, but Ray Liotta just wasn't able to do it, it looks like, due to scheduling conflicts. I, I don't think he didn't want to do it. He was just previously committed to other projects. Uh, and that's a shame. It's a shame because I think a lot of people would have loved to have seen him reunite with Martin Scorsese because the only time that they worked together uh, was, of course, the, during Goodfellas, which most would say is Ray Liotta's most defined role of his career. And, and I would also say that it is. It's it's by far and none likely his best role. It's, it's the, the, I'm not going to say the height of his career because I think he did a lot of interesting things uh, much, much further down the road in his career after that. But certainly from a leading man level, I don't know if he ever quite got to that level as he did with Scorsese in that movie. But would have been great to see them work together, but I guess now we'll just we'll all just collectively wonder about it and, and see you know see where that takes us. And then another another interesting but sad fact is that his adopted mother uh, died of cancer during the filming of Goodfellas. Uh, I don't know exactly what scene he was filming, but he actually said he got the call of her death. I think. Uh, during a film, during the filming, and that he had to like take the call, and and then he had to finish out filming that day. I don't think he could actually get away. Lord knows what would be going through your mind during something like that. But maybe, maybe in some twisted way, it it helped the performance. I I I hate to say that because that that sounds so morbid and and twisted that you'd be like, well, you know, sorry about your mom, but hey, at least uh, I got extra emotional that day for the scene. I, I don't know. That's that's messed up thoughts to to think about. But, ugh, ugh, ugh. just sad, sad. <clears throat> okay, so those are some of the interesting facts that I pulled about Ray. Now, what I want to do for the rest of this episode is just literally go through his entire filmography. Now, the guy's been in a lot of movies. Some of these, I think, I'm just gonna skim over really quick because I really. I, I mean, I, not really. I can tell you I have not seen every single thing that Ray Liotta has been a part of. If I skip over something, I'm sorry, but I will try to hit on as many of his credited film roles as I can and just give some quick thoughts as to what I think about the, the ones that I at least know about. Okay? All right, so here we go. Starting all the way back, it looks like the very first film credit that I can see that he was a part of was some... TV movie called Hard Hat and Legs. I am looking at this right now. Yikes, this poster is, well, very, I mean, it's from 1980, so it, it looks about as 1980 as 1980 gets. The story of this one is that it says an attractive socialite uh, falls for a construction worker with a gambling problem. What does socialite mean? Is that just somebody that goes around and socializes, or are they... They have, what the heck does that mean? I, I don't know. All right, so that apparently was his very first credited role. Then he did another TV movie called Crazy Times where he played Johnny Wizard Lazaria. Don't know what that is. Uh, looks like he was on a TV series called Another World. This was from 1978 to 1981, playing Joey Perini. I, I don't know how you say that. Uh, looks like there was 36 episodes. I 
going to assume that he was in all of them. Um, but this is this is before my time. I'm I'm sure maybe somebody would recognize that, but I'm not sure. Uh, he starred in Saint Elsewhere, another TV series. Did a TV series on uh, Casablanca. Is this is this real? They did a TV series on Casablanca. I mean, look at this. Yeah, would you look at that? It says Scott Man Crothers is in that. I think that's the um, the guy from Oh my gosh, The Shining. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, Scott uh, Scott Man Crothers. And Ray Liotta's in five episodes of it. Huh. It's so interesting to me that that why would they? Oh, I guess it's a prequel. It's a prequel to Casablanca. How interesting. Never would have thought that. Okay. Uh, then in, it looks like we get his first film role, as far as I can tell, called The Lonely Lady. This is from 1983. Let me take a look at this. Uh, is there anyone in this that I would recognize? Not really. You know, in fact, the poster of this movie, looking at it right now, it, it really reminds me of the Mickey Rourke movie, uh, also, I think, from the 80s, the, what is it, Nine and a Half Weeks? Whatever that, like, steamy love romance movie is, it looks an awful lot like that, but it's probably not. Back to another TV series, The New Mike Hammer. Don't know what that is. Looks like there's one episode. Our Family Honor, another TV series, and then the one that seemingly most people talk about is like the one that broke him into mainstream film, or at the very least broke him into film on a critical level, was the movie Something Wild, and that was from 1986, and I think he was 31 at the time. And I, I've actually never seen this. I see that it's a Jonathan Demme movie, which Jonathan Demme, I believe that's the director of Silence of the Lambs. Yes, it is. I'm checking. He directed that, Philadelphia, um, Rachel Getting Married. He's very good, very good film director. Uh, but Something Wild. It's got Jeff Daniels, Melanie Griffith, and Ray Liotta. Uh, I've heard a lot of things now after Ray Liotta's passing about this movie. I think Criterion uh, has a has a special edition of this movie, so I don't know if anybody's seen that. I might want to talk with you about that. I I don't know. I, I really don't know anything about the movie except that Ray got a lot of critical acclaim. I think when it came out. Uh, from there, he went on to Arena Brains. Not sure. That's in 1987, and then he jumped over to this movie, Dominic and Eugene, and I actually heard my dad. My dad, I, I don't hardly talk about him on this podcast, but my dad talked about this movie at one point. It's, uh, has Tom uh, Thomas Tom Hulse? Uh, he was he was big in the in the eighties at one point, mostly for I think Amadeus. Um, I think he played Mozart, but he did a number of what, what else did he did? He, he was in Animal House. Um, and I think like the last thing I saw him in was a uncredited role in Stranger Than Fiction, the Will Ferrell movie. He plays a HR touchy feely kind of worker guy. Anyways, but I, I heard good things about this movie. I mean, from my dad, he he really likes the movie, and it's got a seven point ranking on IMDb. So eh, I've I guess that's good. And then he starred in what I would argue is his first widely seen movie though at the time it's hard to say because it was 1989 but this is of course field of dreams where he played the ghost 
of Shoeless Joe Jackson. <clears throat> really, really solid stuff in Field of Dreams. And Field of Dreams, as many know, was shot here in Iowa, where I live. And oddly enough, I've, I've never actually gone to the filming location of Field of Dreams. And I think now it's actually even even bigger, the, the popularity of the location, because of that Major League Baseball game that happened a, a year or two ago where Kevin Costner came out of the corn and did that whole thing. Which, I mean, that was pretty cool to see. Uh, but it looks like they're doing a bunch of expansions to that area, adding on all kinds of additional seating and maybe like a hotel or something. Who knows if it'll even resemble the original look of the location. I don't actually know how to feel about that. Like, part of me thinks it's cool that it's going to get more attention and live on, but then I'm like, aren't you kind of bastardizing the land by just taking away what makes it special by commercializing it so much? I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the right person to to make a statement on that. So we'll just keep going. But I really like I really like Field of Dreams. It's a great movie, great American classic, classic sports film. And even if you don't like sports, I think there's really something in that movie for everybody. And he plays he plays shoeless Joe Jackson, I think, with a real sincerity. And, and he's not a, a bad guy or anything like that, though he is playing someone that has regrets, you can tell. And I, it's, a great, it's a great performance. Great supporting performance. It's fantastic. Then... Right after Field of Dreams, he goes into arguably the most defining role of his career, which is Henry Hill in Goodfellas. And I, I always, anytime I think of Goodfellas, like a lot of people, I think of the, the opening quote uh, early on in the movie where it does the first still frame on him when he says, <clears throat> Ever since I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Or uh, <laughs> I was about to do like that, you know, luck be a lady tonight. What the hell is the opening song of Goodfellas? Got to figure this out so that I don't confuse my fellow film fans out here. Goodfellas opening song. Rags to riches, that's it. I know I'll go from rags to riches. Tony, sing it. Tony Bennett. Uh, rags to riches, that's what that song is. Okay, but Goodfellas. Uh, what can I say about Goodfellas? It's a freaking amazing movie. Uh, easily one of the best movies ever made. I've probably made that claim several times on the podcast before, but it's just so damn good. Uh, I have re-watched it many, many a time. Couldn't even tell you how many times I've seen it. It's so rewatchable. It's so well made. It's one of the best movies that's ever come out. One of Martin Scorsese's best. The fact that he didn't win the Oscar that year for that movie is, is hard to fathom, but I also don't know every single movie that came out um, that year. And I'm just looking at a random thing. I'm like, is this actor still alive? I pulled up Mike Starr, the guy that gets yelled at in the van in Dumb and Dumber. Because he's in this movie and I think ends up in a meat locker later or shot in the back of the head. I don't know. But Goodfellas. Uh, Ray, Ray kills it in this movie. Absolutely phenomenal. I think my favorite scenes, just from pure entertainment value with him, 
I'm just going to rattle them off. One, of course, is the Copacabana scene where they're doing that now very famous one-take shot of him taking his wife in the movie Karen. I think they're dating. They, they didn't marry yet, but in the movie she becomes his wife. You, you know what I'm talking about. You've seen Goodfellas at this point. They do that great one, one tracking sh- – uh, that one tracking shot. That's what I'm trying to say. That one tracking shot – uh, where it starts across the street from the, the the club and takes her down through the basement and really is taking her through the the underbelly of the mafia that he's involved with and it's it's intoxicating it's exciting it's it's wrong there's there's so many things about that scene that are just so well done um, apart from the technical aspects but it's a it's a wonderful scene I also very much like the scene where he shows his is more wild side that he can really be a, a not a I don't want to say menacing because in the in the in this scene he's being protecting but he is definitely intimidating definitely memorable in the scene where he goes to intimidate the neighbor that's across the street that tried to like sexually harass uh, Karen in the movie and he just beats the piss out of this guy with the butt of his revolver oh I mean it's it's a brutal absolutely brutal scene but my god does it leave an impact and so so that scene always stuck out to me and of course the you know uh what, what, am i funny am i funny to you and and ray just plays it so deadpan perfectly during the entire scene when joe pesci's really freaking yeah you think he's gonna shoot him at any moment um now of course a classic scene one of the classic scenes that gets cited by just about everybody in the film community uh what other scenes can i talk about i think my favorite sequence in the movie is the scene where his life is just completely spiraling apart and he's doing cocaine he hasn't slept for days He's trying to get the meatballs to be made just the right way. He's trying to transport the guns all over town. He's also trying to see about the helicopter surveilling him. And he's just sweating bullets. And he's a complete mess. And that, that whole sequence to me was like the, like almost like the the acting reel. Like if you were going to show Ray Liotta like his best acting, like it's it's during that scene. He is so convincing in that. Um, but he's just great. It, it's. It's an amazing movie. I actually have a, a framed. Uh, actually, no, no. I was about to say I have a framed poster of it, but I actually uh, sold that poster off. Thankfully, to actually somebody I know, so I know it went to a good home. But I, I had to actually get rid of the poster because I just didn't have enough room where I'm at to to keep it like hanging on the wall. So I'm like, okay, I guess I I, I process of elimination. I have other things and. I just don't got room for this one, so I got to get rid of it. It was it was painful to do, but it had to be done. <clears throat> and if you haven't seen Goodfellas, for like the three people that haven't, please go ahead and watch it. It's such, such a good movie. Um, great, great movie. And then from there, it looks like there's some TV movie that he did called Women and Men 2. I have no idea what that is. Uh, Article 99 that happened in 1992. Looks like it was a movie with Kiefer Sutherland. What is this about? It says, says, Dr. Richard Sturgis leads a team of compassionate doctors at a veterans hospital. Along with uh, DRS Morgan. Is that Doctors Morgan? God, I sound like an idiot. 
they fight to deliver adequate care to needy veterans in the face of funding cuts and corruption. Ooh, it sounds sounds like there's some powerful stuff here. I guess Forrest Whitaker's in it. Huh. I've not seen that movie. Uh, on unlawful entry, I think he's a cop that's terrorizing Kurt Russell. I think if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Russell, Ray Liotta, and Madeline Stowe. I'm looking at the poster right now. A man obsessed will do anything for love. A cop obsessed can get away with it. Ooh, he plays a dirty cop. Uh, which, that's an interesting thing about uh, Ray Liotta over his career. He played a lot of hard-edged people. People with you know twisted pasts or people that that are not straight-laced people. I mean, he played villains sometimes a lot, too, and he, and, he, and boy, was he good at it. Very, very good at it. Uh, so, Unlawful Entry, that's 1992. And then this movie, this next movie here, I keep seeing it pop up on some social media feeds of mine as like a sleeper hit of his uh, called No Escape. This came out in 94, and it's the, the the premise is interesting. It says the year is 2022, which, of course, that's that's this year. So that's interesting to see if the movie meets, you know, meets any close semblance of reality with how 2022 is today. I don't know. But it's saying in the prison of the future, escape is impossible. Survival isn't much easier. That's the tagline. It says this from the producers of Aliens and the Terminator. Let me just read this. It says, A soldier convicted for murdering his commanding officer is dumped and left to die on a prison island inhabited by two camps of convicts. It's directed by Martin Campbell. I mean, Martin Campbell's a... He's done some great movies, Casino Royale being one of them, but he also did Green Lantern, so I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, We're not sure what to really make of that, but based on a novel, uh, The Penal Colony, I guess. Oh, it's got Ernie Hudson. Is this is this Ernie Hudson? Let me scroll down. I gotta see. Uh, yep, looks like Ernie Hudson. So, huh? We have to check that out. I feel like any time a actor I really like dies, I end up doing this. I go through their whole filmography and then I start picking out all these movies that I want to see and just continue to add it to the list. Add it to this really long, growing list of movies that I may or may never be able to get around to. Okay, next we got Karina, Car- Karina, Karina, I guess. Oh, he did a movie with Whoopi Goldberg. Hmm, I had no idea. I had no idea. I don't even, what, what, is, what is there to say about it? It says, in 1959, a widower hires a kindly housekeeper slash nanny to care for his seven-year-old daughter. It's a comedy, drama, and romance. Eh, might, might be good. I don't know. Uh, okay, we got Operation Dumbo Drop. Operation Dumbo Drop. Okay. Um, what the heck is it? What the? Oh, it's a Disney movie. Okay. Not sure what to make of this poster. It's got a. It's got the behind of an elephant, so it's an elephant facing the opposite way. You see its butt, and it's all camouflage. And it says Walt Disney Pictures presents. It's got Danny Glover. I like him. Ray Liotta. Clearly, I like him. Dennis Leary, very funny. Doug E. Doug, don't know. And Corin Nemec. And it just says a story about big dreams and small miracles. Um, okay. What is this movie about? I'm curious. Okay. 
It says right here, to keep the loyalty of a village during the Vietnam War, a U.S. Army officer and his unit struggled to deliver a live elephant. Uh, okay. This feels like a, a Free Willy type situation, animal feel-good movie, but it's it's set in Vietnam, I guess. I don't know. If, uh, yeah, I've never seen this movie. The director, Simon Winsor, I guess. What has he done? He, oh God, he directed The Phantom with Billy Zane. Uh, okay, I mean, I shouldn't judge the guy from just one movie. Hasn't directed for a while, so, okay, I don't know. Does anyone know what Operation Dumbo Drop is? Should I care? I don't know. Uh, let's see, he was in an episode of Frasier, I guess. He did the voice, did the voice on there, I guess. Uh, Unforgettable, 1996. Let's see, this had Ray Liotta, duh. Directed by John Dahl, I like him. John Dahl, he did uh, Rounders. That's a movie I talked about early on the podcast. Really, really good movie. Unforgettable. Uh, well, unfortunately, unforgettable. You're unforgettable to, or you're you're forgettable to me right now because I I'm gonna move on through the filmography. Turbulence. What is Turbulence? 1997. Fear is in the air. That's on the poster. This poster looks bad. Not gonna lie. Uh, Brendan Gleeson's in this. I like him. Son Dommel Gleeson's really good, too. Oh, and Jeffrey Jeffrey D. Munn. Okay, I gotta throw, give a quick shout-out to this guy. This is a character actor that nobody ever talks about. He's been the, the, the Green Mile, the Shawshank Redemption. He was on The Walking Dead for a while. Always, always really liked him. Anytime he popped up in a movie, I'm like, hey, this guy's solid. So, Jeffrey D. Munn, let's give that guy some love. Uh, okay, so you can really see, even from here now, I'm sure there's some people that are fans of Unlawful Entry, Article 99, Unforgettable, some of these movies I just mentioned, but Goodfellas, it's like, that's a real, real peak, and he's doing, you know, he's still working, of course, but I wouldn't say any of those movies I just listed off are ones that really stood out to me, uh, until this next one, which is Copland. Copland is a movie that I think has an incredible, incredible cast. In in some way, it's a reunion between De Niro and Leota, though I can't remember if they actually had a scene together or not. Uh, this is from James Mangold. Uh, he's, I think, I think he's doing the next Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones 5. Yes, he is. Don't know how to feel about that, but I'll, I'll reserve my judgment till that one comes out. <clears throat> But it's a great movie about um, a sheriff that is in the middle of a whole lot of dirty cops, and he's morally trying to figure out what he is allowed to do versus what he should just turn his back on. Um, it's filled with a lot of great performances, in particular, I'd say, from Ray Liotta, of course, but Sylvester Stallone, it's one of my favorite movies of his career because he's in my mind, playing against type. He's playing a more reserved, humble, timid person than what you've typically seen from, from Stallone and other big, loud action movies. But this stack, th th this, I was about to say this stack, this cast is stacked, though, let me tell you. So you got Stallone, Harvey Keitel, De Niro, Ray Liotta, Peter Berg, Michael Rapoport, uh, Robert Patrick, uh, Frank Vincent, who was also in... <clears throat> in Goodfellas and, and Casino. 
John Spencer, he's great. Eddie Falco's in it. Uh, uh, Janine Garofalo, uh, yeah, oh yeah, she is in that. But there's, a, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a lot of good actors right there. So if anyone hasn't seen Copland, give it a shot. I I really want to go and rewatch this movie and and or actually own it. I I do not own this one, but I I need to get it. It's a great movie, and Ray Liotta has a fantastic uh, moment towards the end of the film that I won't spoil for those that haven't seen it, but great, great movie. All right, then, after Copland, he did Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, I feel like I saw the poster for this movie once, maybe back when video rental stores were a thing. Story on this one is a cop with a gambling addiction plots a theft from the bookies who are putting pressure on him to pay off or else. I think I know what that or else means. That's a bad gun going off against a person's melon, in this case, Leota's. Uh, okay, then, then he did this movie, The Rat Pack, uh, which was a TV movie. I want to say HBO. Yep, it was an HBO movie. He played uh, Frank Sinatra, question mark? Let me go to this, because I, for some reason, think it's Dean Martin. No. Joe Mantegna, who I can never pronounce his last name. He's from the Criminal Mind show. He played Dean Martin. Ray Liotta plays Frank, uh, Frank Sinatra. And then Don Cheadle, Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, I, heard, I heard a lot of good things about it. Heard he did a good job. And I know Leota was uh, famously quoted for saying how he just never wanted to do the movie for a long time, been offered it multiple times, didn't really think that he could sing, really resemble him that much. But I guess he ended up doing it, and and a lot of people, I think, remembered it in the long run over his career. He did a Muppets movie. I didn't know that. Muppets from Space. Okay. Um... This poster is kind of kind of wild. Some Muppets, and looks like they're going to space. The blue, the blue one with like the long nose again, sucked into a UFO. Who else did this movie? Well, of course the cast of the Muppets, but I'm seeing does anybody else? I guess Reb Schneider. Uh, Reb Schneider's there. David Arquette, okay, and Kathy Griffin, Hulk Hogan, okay. What a what a cast. All right, but Muppets from Space. He did that. Then, 99, there's this movie called Forever Mine. Uh, it's got Ray... Oh, I was about to say, it's got Ray Liotta, if you didn't figure that out. Uh, Joseph Fiennes? Fans? I can't... The guy from Shakespeare in Love. There. And Gretchen Mull. She was in Rounders. I know nothing about this movie. Is it good? Someone can tell me. Uh, Pilgrim. It's in 2000. What is Pilgrim? Or... Okay, that's confusing. IMDb is saying this movie's called Pilgrim, but then I click on it, it's showing a poster that says Inferno. Is it Inferno or is it Pilgrim? I don't know. I'm going to go with Inferno because that's what this poster's saying, and I just looked at the film credits. They keep calling it Inferno. IMDb, why are you calling it Pilgrim? Figure this out. I, I don't know. Okay, but he's in that, and there's not really much I can say about that. Uh, Rumor of Angels. I don't know what this is. Let's take a look. It's got Ray Liotta, like we know, and Ron Livingston's in it. Okay. Uh, Okay, let's take a look at the synopsis. An old woman helps a young boy resolve his feelings over the death of his mother. Sounds heavy, I guess. I 
I don't know. I'm probably never going to watch this movie. I see that it has the one kid, Trevor Morgan. He was in Jurassic Park 3. I recognize him from that. And The Patriot. He's good. But I, I'll, I'll be real. I, I love Ray Liotta. I'm probably not going to go back and check that out. It didn't look interesting. But this next one is Hannibal. The Ridley Scott movie that was a legacy sequel to The Silence of the Lambs. The This one famously replaced uh, Jodie Foster with Julianne Moore, which I actually always, like, I mean, I get why they did it, because they offered it to Jodie Foster. I don't know why she didn't do it. She didn't want to do it. Julianne Moore was the next best thing. And Julianne Moore is a great actress in her own right for, like, 100%. She's amazing. And, and Ray Liotta has the role of Paul Krendler, who's a cop that's, it's kind of weird. It's like he's into her, but he's not into her, and he's got his own shady dealings and whatnot. And later, famously in the movie, ends up eating his own brain, which I'm sure as an actor, that's that's a scene. It's like, how do you how do you do that? How do you get your head around it? I think he got quoted as saying that he ate really dark chicken as the brain. Like they had to give him something to actually chew. And he's like, I think dark chicken. Cause the texture is similar to what he thought a brain would maybe taste like. Uh, thankfully he did not go, go all full method and eat an actual human brain, which God help us if that's actually possible though in this crazy world, I'm sure people could, <laughs> I just feel like John Goodman and the big Lebowski. It's like, you, you want, you want a toe? You want a big, you want a toe? To, I, I can get you one by this afternoon. I'm sure someone out there's thinking, you know, Jordan, I could find a human brain. It's not that hard. I don't want to go any further down that rabbit hole, but in the movie, yeah, he eats his own brain and it's pretty gross. I, I, I think they actually said there was walkouts when the movie was first screened because some people were just so disgusted by the idea. But I would say you're watching a movie about a serial killer that's a cannibal. I, I mean, what do you what do you think is going to happen? Like, this is the territory you're in, so I don't know. I always liked the movie. thought it was good. He then went on to Heartbreakers, which I have... I don't know if I've ever seen it. I feel like I've seen clips. But I know Gene Hackman's in it, uh, along with Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sigourney Weaver, and, and he, plays a, he plays a fun role in it, if I remember right. <clears throat> so then I, yeah, I mean, this is kind of a hit, a, a string of hits right here. And all in 2001, you have Hannibal heartbreakers and then blow, which I would argue that over all his career blow is another standout. It's a supporting role, but it's a very smart supporting role. In my opinion, he plays the father of George young, which is played by Johnny Depp true story about a man young man that was like number one he was like up there with pablo escobar as far as the drug import and exports for marijuana cocaine uh big big time drug kingpin guy and, and ray leo is his father and i always really like the understatedness of the performance in that movie by by leota there's a couple scenes that stand out uh one is the scene that shows him walking Johnny Depp like to his garage at this like big rich mansion that he got from all his drugs. And his dad pretty much tells him right there that he's like, I don't know what's going on like exactly, but he's like, I'm not stupid. You're not getting this from, you know, something legitimate. So he he he's disappointed. He's not 
pleased with it. It's not what he, as he says, would have chosen for for his son, but he he still loves him. So that unconditional love that a father would have for someone that's even a criminal like that, I think it's compelling. And the scene that always breaks my heart is towards the end of that movie where he, Ray Liotta, is now a much older man, and they have this, this tender moment where it's likely the last time that they speak to each other before George goes to prison, Johnny Depp. And ugh, that scene always gets to me. It's it's just brutal, brutal in the feels. Uh, you know, a father and son speaking knowingly, knowingly speaking to each other for the last time. I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I get, mm. yeah, that scene's tough. It's a tough scene. <clears throat> he did an episode of Family Guy, looks like, and then he went on to, to go in the movie Narc, which I actually just started watching that today. I'm not kidding. It didn't have anything to do with me recording this today. It's just I, I had some time today. I wanted to try to watch part of a movie, and I started watching Narc, and interesting, interestingly enough, this is not on regular blu-ray by regular i mean american i i actually got lucky and i found a spanish import blu-ray of this movie for sale at a local uh used movie store and they still have it in english and i think it's normally like 35 40 bucks on amazon and i found it for i think seven eight bucks so to me that was a steal and i picked it up because i always heard that was one of ray Liotta's better movies i'm only about maybe like 20 minutes into the movie, so I can't say for certain, but uh, I like what I see so far, and I'm definitely going to keep watching it because, again, I, I've heard high praise from people over the years that have gone back to that movie and said that Ray Liotta's a standout in the movie. Uh, looks like then there's a TV series where it's just called, it says, Just Shoot Me, and it says he's playing himself. It must be like a like a prank show or something. I, I don't know. It's David Spade's in it, so that's cool. Uh, John Q. He's in John Q. That's a Denzel Washington movie, hostage situation movie, where Denzel is taking... He's trying to take matters into his own hands, I think, to get his son to have a heart transplant. Uh, I always remember that movie being pretty good, but it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I'm not really sure what to say right now, but it's it's a solid movie. Uh, for sure. Point of Origin, TV movie. Uh, then for the video game community, he, he stepped up in 2002 and did the voice of Tommy Versetti in Grand Theft Auto Vice City, which in some ways I think for fans was was cool for him to do because he's playing another organized crime figure, which of course harkens back to his iconic role now uh, in Goodfellas. I remember I played Vice City a number of times back in the day when it came out, but I never got vested in the story, not because I didn't want to play it. I just, I think I was just more interested in like going on killing sprees, running over people, jumping cars off stuff, just chaos. I didn't really care about the story, but I'd like to go back and play it. I know they have a, a remaster of of those games now um, available like on PC, Nintendo Switch, etc. Uh, so, so maybe one day I'll get around to playing it, but yeah, he did a video game, so that's cool. There's a short called Ticker in 2002. He, he did this movie called Identity then in 2003, which 
some people really like this movie. Uh, it's it's only about an hour and a half, so it's not very long. James Mangold directed it, so he's reuniting with the director of Copland. And I like the setup for the movie in that it's this group of strangers stranded at this uh, hotel in Nevada in the middle of nowhere, and there's a murder mystery around it. So I, I like all that, but what I think I didn't like is what the payoff for <clears throat> excuse me what the payoff is for the movie they had this twist and I won't spoil it in case someone wants to go back and see it but one the twist while I didn't see it coming as a first time viewer I also was just kind of like oh okay like that's what this movie is and so now if I go back and watch it I'm just kind of taken out of it because the twist is so I don't know. It's fine and it's it's clever, I guess, uh, for what they were doing. But I just didn't feel it was that effective of a twist, and kind of deflated the rest of the movie for me in subsequent viewings, uh, rewatches when I when I go back to it. So I just never really liked it in the long run. Uh, though I like the cast. I mean, Leota's great. Uh, John Cusack's in it. You got uh, Alfred Molina, uh, John Hawks. Like there, there's a lot of talented people in the movie, but I just. Uh, I never really, never really cared for that one, but some, but some do. Uh, we got the last shot. That was in two thousand four. It's a movie he did with Matthew Broderick. It's actually oh, there's a lot of people in this. Uh, Matthew Broderick, Baldwin, Alec Baldwin, Leota, Tim Blake Nelson, Tony Shalhoub. What the hell is this movie? I, I don't know. Jeff Nathanson. That isn't that the screenwriter of Catch Me If You Can. Yeah, it is. He directed the movie. Huh. Who knew? The last shot. Okay. ER. Uh, now, I do know for this, I haven't seen ER. I, I guess maybe I should have seen ER. A lot of people told me, they're like, ooh, ER. It's it's so good. I think, wasn't George Clooney in ER at one point? I know there's been, yeah, there was a number of people that did it like he was in it for holy holy shit was Clooney in this for 109 episodes dang no idea the show isn't still on now right no no okay it's over they and it ended it says in 2009 okay because I was like I I don't know about that but uh apparently he, he did a guest spot and I, I think he actually won an Emmy he plays a person that's dying uh, always heard that was good now uh, we got control yeah, that's a movie that he did with De- Willem Dafoe and Michelle Rodriguez. Huh. It says a sociopath on death row is given a chance to live if he agrees to take part in a chemical behavioral modification program. That sounds nuts. Would that be good? Would you do that? Would I, like, take a bunch of experimental drugs to get me off death row? I guess. I mean, if I have nothing else to lose. Actually sounds really interesting. I have to go check that one out. Uh, Revolver. This is a Guy Ritchie movie, if I remember right. This is 2005. Yep. Yeah, Guy Ritchie movie. I just remember being weirded out by seeing Jason Statham with hair. <laughs> that's it's so, so dumb to be like, oh, that's the thing that's distracting me. But Jason Statham with hair. I, I don't, I don't see that every day. So yeah, naturally it's going to take my attention. But yep, he did that. I'm sure there's some people that like this. Guy Ritchie has like his own uh, cult following, I feel like. There's this movie called Slow Burn that he did. Uh, I don't know anything about Slow Burn. 
It's got LL Cool J in it. So, okay, yeah, LL Cool J. Even Money, this is 2006. It says this is an independent movie. Let's see, it's got quite the cast, though, with it. Kim Basinger, Nick Cannon. I don't know if that, is that like a quite the cast when I say Nick Cannon? Eh. Danny DeVito, Kelsey Grammer, like him. Jay Moore, yeah, he's fine. Tim Roth, Forrest Whitaker. Okay, these are all very good, capable actors. What the hell is this about? Says gambling addiction brings the stories of three otherwise unconnected people together as it destroys each of their lives. Hmm. That seems like a anti-gambling movie. And it's one of those movies where a bunch of strangers all have their lives intertwined kind of thing. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know about that. Local color. Um, let's see. Oh, George Gallo. I know him from Midnight Run. I think he came up with the story for that movie. Yeah, he sure did. And he helped write uh, Bad Boys and an underrated movie called Middlemen. That was from 2009. I, I always liked that movie. Huh. Okay. Local color. He did that. Let's see. Then there's Comeback Season, 2006. God, this poster looks bad. I, I, I'm sorry. The poster is, is not good. Nah, nah, not good, but it's got Leota. Uh, then this next one, uh, really very much like this movie. Uh, still appreciate it to this day, and that's Smoke and Aces that came out in 2006. He reunited with his NARC director, Joe Carnahan, for this. And this is a really, really big ensemble movie, but I liked his detective in this movie. And I think at this point in his career, Leota had just, he played cops in a number of different roles and would continue to do so after this. He has a knack, a knack for doing law enforcement types uh, for both honorable policemen and corrupt ones. He did a good job. <clears throat> but I remember Smoking Aces in particular, the elevator scene is one of those real good tension-fueled scenes to me. And then it, you know, all hell bla uh, breaks loose on it. So I always remember that scene. It stuck. It stood out. Um, and in Smoke and Aces, I really liked the the style of the movie, and I and I also very much liked the soundtrack from I think Cliff Cliff Martinez did the music for that movie. I might be getting his last name wrong, but that's a he's an excellent composer. Look his look his music up sometime. So then and then he, <laughs> oh my god I forgot he did Wild Hogs. Now. Some people may say, oh, God, Wild Hogs, that piece of garbage. It, look, okay, um, you're entitled to your own opinion, as am I. I remember at the time I was in high school, I thought Wild Hogs was super funny and just good, wholesome fun. I love the cast with Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, uh, William H. Macy, Travolta, Leota. He plays this menacing, bad biker guy. It's just, it's a lot of fun. If you, if you don't take it too seriously, I will grant you there's some cheese and kind of ticky-tack elements that don't really work so well. But as a overall, like, family comedy, like a movie that can appeal to a lot of audiences, ah, shit, I think the movie's fun. Um, and I, I remember I saw that, I saw Wild Hogs in theaters like three or four times. I don't know why. What the hell about that movie was so great to me? Other than that, I thought Travolta was really funny in it. And I liked the motorcycle aspect of, like, freedom on the road. 
Um, also enjoyed how the movie poked fun at Easy Rider, even having a cameo towards the end. I, I like that. So, whatever. Wild Hogs, you're alright in my book. Then he did this movie shortly after called In the Name of the King, which has Jason Statham. It has the director Yule Bull attached to it, which a lot of people know him as being a god, god-awful director. Yet, I think he made a couple of movies that always ended up getting good casts around it. And I don't know why. Maybe he was just fun to make movies with and like people didn't care that the movie sucked or weren't good. I, I can't say. I can't say it. I haven't seen his movies, but they certainly look weird. Now, what the hell else did Yule Bull make? I feel like he made a movie about a guy going postal. Yeah, called <laughs> literally called Postal, so that's why I'm thinking of it. Oh, and he made that movie Blood Rain, which was off that PS2 video game, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. So I'm going to skip past it because it's just, ugh. Uh, Smith... This is a TV series. It's got okay. It's got Leota, and it just says a drama about the lives of a crew of professional criminals. Hmm. Okay. I don't think it made it that far. It only got like only has seven episodes. Okay. Uh, Battle in Seattle, two thousand seven B movie. Okay, I do remember that the Seinfeld movie about an about an animated B. Hero Wanted, two thousand eight. And it's got Cuba Gooding Jr. But this this looks like it's in the straight-to-video Cuba Gooding Jr. phase. I'm not sure why he did all those movies. Uh, he was in SpongeBob, I guess. He did a did an episode of SpongeBob as Bubble Poppin' Leader. Interesting. Uh, Crossing Over. I think this is a Harrison Ford movie that is a r- surrounding immigration, I want to say. Yeah, it says Crossing Crossing Over is about illegal aliens of many nationalities in the Los Angeles area and the authorities and individuals dealing with them. Sounds heavy, but also, I mean, it's probably real to life. It's got a hell of a good cast in it. Jim Sturgis, that's a great actor. I think he doesn't get enough recognition, as does Cliff Curtis. He's in it. Alice Braga, she's good. Um, there's a lot of people. Ashley Judd. Wayne Kramer, didn't he do... Wayne Kramer, I, I know that name. He did that movie uh, with Paul Walker. What the hell's the name of that? Uh, Running Scared. Yeah, yeah, that was a good movie. Oh, and The Cooler. There's a writer on The Cooler. Did he direct that? Sorry, I'm going, on, I'm going down a little bit of a rabbit hole. Bear with me here. Yes, he did. The Cooler, that is an underrated movie. I've only seen it once, but I remember, I remember it. It had an impact. Check that out. Okay, so he did that. Uh, let me keep going. Observe and Report. That was in 2009, and that's a dark uh, dark cult comedy movie. Like, I think there is a following for the movie. Some people like it. I remember at the time, I just thought it was odd. I didn't think it worked, but maybe I'd have to go and revisit it because some people have told me since that it's actually a pretty good movie. Powder Blue. This was in 2009. It's another movie with Forrest Whitaker. And it's got Jessica Biel, Eddie Redmayne's in it, yeah. Lisa Kudrow, Patrick Swayze. That's a hell of a good cast. And uh, what the hell is this movie about? Four Los Angelinos, a mortician, an ex-con, a suicidal ex-priest, and a stripper are brought together on a Christmas Eve. Okay, so it's one of those, a bunch of strangers have their lives intertwined kind of thing. Huh. 
All right, well, that was 2009. Uh, let's see, we got The Line, another 2009 movie. What is this? It's got Andy Garcia. I don't know what the hell happened with Andy Garcia. He started doing a hell of a lot of B-movies, too. Uh, okay, Youth in Revolt. That sounds familiar. Oh, yes, this was a Michael Sarah film. Yes, I don't... No, I remember the trailers for this movie when it came out. People like this movie? Uh, okay, I, I don't know. Uh, let me go through some of these because uh, I, I don't want to go into detail in so many of these. Crazy on the Outside. I feel like that's a Tim Allen movie. Yes, it was. I think Tim Allen actually directed this movie too. Yes, he did. Uh, Crazy on the Outside. And he goes Date Night as an uncredited role, but I remember it's fun. He kind of plays a tough, intimidating guy. As I've said, he, he's been typecast over his career as tough, imposing people. Yeah, I did Chasing 3000 uh, in 2010. What is this? Hmm. A lot of people in the movie. What the hell is this about? I don't know. That's uh, good. Yep. Yeah, well. Okay. Chasing 3000. Somebody can tell me about that. He was in an episode of Hannah Montana. Okay. Charlie St. Cloud. I think that's a Zac Efron movie. Son of No One. I know Channing Tatum's in this. Uh, Al Pacino's in it briefly. Don't know if that's good. The details. All things fall apart. Street Kings 2. Ugh. Okay, so some of these are little B-movie stuff. He was even in the short Field of Dreams 2 as Roger Goodell. But it's a short. It's like three minutes. I don't know. I don't know. If, I feel like this had to be for something. It looks, looks kind of like a joke. I don't know what to think of that. Uh, let's see. The Entitled. Entitled. I don't know. Is this... Well, I don't know what the Entitled is, but I'm not going to look at it more. The League. Did an episode of that. Ticket Out. Uh, Ticket Out. Wonderlust. Killing Them Softly. Okay. I remember that Brad Pitt movie. That had some critical acclaim, but I remember watching that just thinking, God damn, this movie's boring. Breathless, The Iceman. I know he had a small role in that. That was with Michael Shannon. That's another kind of uh, life of a mafia movie about a hitman. I think Leota's probably a dirty cop or someone in it. And then, actually, speaking of dirty cops, he then did a supporting role in The Place Beyond the Pines. And that's a really good movie. Uh, Bradley Cooper is in that. Ryan Gosling. It's a really well shot movie. It's just a. It's a great bank robbery movie, but it's told from the respect of what that type of life has in terms of consequence for a family over like the course of 30 years. It's a, a ripple effect. Um, yeah, it's a good movie. Really good movie, actually. Uh, let's see. He did Yellow, Bad Karma. Don't know what that is. Dear Dracula. Did a short as Dracula, I guess. And... What is this? NTSF. Holy shit. I might. Is this a joke? This. Okay. This looks like a joke. I don't think it's gotta be a joke. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Abominable Christmas TV short. The devil's in the details. Okay. I remember this one. Mob of the dead. It's a call of duty DLC where he's, yeah, I mean, he's with Chaz Palminteri and some other people that have played mafiosos over their career. He's, uh, I don't know. I think he's probably just lending his likeness and voice to 
DLC. Uh, Pawn, suddenly, Muppets Most Wanted. Okay, he was in another Muppets movie. Alright, I remember that. That was the Jason Siegel one. I haven't seen that, but whatever. Better Living Through Chemistry, The Identical. He was in some music video. Oh, this Sin City. He did the sequel for that. Dame to Kill For. Um, I remember being really excited for that movie because I loved the original Sin City in 2006. And the sequel, while it had an impressive cast and there were some moments that were enjoyable... I just remember in the long run that it just was not, unfortunately, as memorable as that original. Though I do think Leota was good in it for what he was there for. Revenge of the Green Dragons. I know this was a Scorsese-produced movie. Don't really know much about it, but I remember wanting to see it because the trailer looked good. But I never saw it. Uh, Kill the Messenger. That was another movie I wanted to see with Jeremy Renner. Heard it was good. Never saw it. Probably will have to go back and look. Uh, did 30 for 30 TV movie The Money. He was in an Ed Sheeran music video as Ray Liotta, I guess. Texas Rising in uh, 2015, The Making of the Mob. He was a narrator for that, so that's cool. Uh, Black, Blackway, Campus Code. This is 2015 now that we're starting to get into Modern Family, Flock of Dudes. Don't know what that is. Backup Dancer, he seems like small movies. Backup Dancer, Jesus, he looks stoned out of his mind and in the backseat of some car. He's got Rose Leslie, isn't that the girl from Game of Thrones? Yeah, okay, well, interesting. He looks like he's really passed out in that. Uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, Young Sheldon. Ooh. Oh, Ray, why'd you have to do that? Love you, guy, but my God. I, I'm just not a fan of the Big Bang Theory. I'm sorry, everybody that likes that show. That's fantastic if you do. Great. But God, it annoys the hell out of me. Uh, great news for Eliota. The Simpsons. He did He did a voice. Shades of Blue. That's the show he did with Jennifer Lopez. I don't think it lasted that long, but I think people enjoyed it. Or at least some people did. Um, Marriage Story. So this is 2019. So now we're starting to get towards... Uh, unfortunately, the end. I marriage story is brutal, uh, and he does turn out a really good performance in it as a pretty menacing lawyer that'll stop at nothing to kind of ruin the other side of the the, the marriage. It's uh, one of those little too true to life movies, but ugh, he's there. Interestingly enough, in 2020, he did a table read for. A charity function, I think he was he was doing the role of Mr. Hand in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, oh God, damn it! He was in Hubie Halloween. Oof! I almost like erased that movie from my memory. It was not good. And look, be honest. Hey, I love Ray Liotta. There's a lot of actors I love. Sometimes they're in some bad movies, and my God, is Hubie Halloween a bad movie? Uh, then he's in Syndrome K, a documentary, No Sudden Move. I heard that was really good. That's a Steven Soderbergh movie that has also a big, big stack cast. And then he did The Many Saints of Newark, which is that Soprano prequel where I didn't realize he's playing dual roles. He's playing two people that I think are supposed to be identical twins. So it'd be really interesting to see that. Though, I feel like I can't watch that movie because I have admittedly never seen The Sopranos. 
and that means another whole entire big long-running series that I gotta watch, and it's like, I just don't got the time. I don't have the time. So, I don't know if I'll ever get around to that, but maybe. Maybe I can try. Uh, Hannah, Broken Soldier, and, and then this brings us to his latest thing, which they... I think just released the trailer for called Blackbird. It's a Apple TV series with Taron Edgerton. Um, and it looks like he had completed some other work that was in post-production. There was this movie called El, El Tonto, Cocaine Bear, I, and Dangerous Waters. That was the one he was filming in the Dominican Republic, so Lord knows if that'll come out. And then the only other ones I see is April 29th, 1992. That's the title. And then The Substance, and it just says that was filming. So we'll see what happens with those completed projects. But either way, I think now that I've rattled off the guy's entire life's work, you know, any any actor I think would be fortunate enough to even be in one movie that had such an impact on so many people's lives and, and the culture and, and left its mark in film. And withstanding Goodfellas, I think you could say that Ray Liotta has been a part of some really terrific movies over his career and, and not all of them were as seen as some of the others, but I think he was a really appreciated actor, at least in my books. And, and he's somebody that I always enjoyed seeing over his career. And it's just a shame to me that he, he passed away when he did. I, I st- like, I think the last movie I'm trying to think going back through his filmography, what's the last movie I watched? Probably Marriage Story. I think that was that was the last movie I think I watched from him. That or God, he'd be Halloween, but I'll block that shit out. Um, I'll just say Marriage Story. That was like his last good performance I remember seeing. I'm like, yeah, uh, he's a he's a great actor. Gone too soon in my eyes, but we we in the film community, I think I can speak for us and just say that you know Ray. We miss you. We we love the a lot of the work that you did, and we, we just hope that you're in a better place. So wherever you're out there listening to this, give a cheers to Ray, Ray Liotta, rest in peace. Um, that's all I gotta say. So that's Ray Liotta. That's a tribute. That's a tribute to the guy. Uh, I think he had a great career. So leave it at that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to wrap this episode up by just thanking everybody for listening. Uh, appreciate it. I know this was different than what I've traditionally done. I've never done a tribute episode like this before covering the entire life's work of someone. So either way, whatever you thought about this, good or bad, let me know. Uh, you can let me know through Instagram, I suppose. There is an Instagram for the podcast. Uh, just called at Screenspeak Podcast. You can check it out, follow it on there, or just let me know in some way, shape, or form. I know I mentioned the email earlier on in the podcast. That's one way, but let me know what you think because if this is something that you found interesting or um, you, you liked listening to me go through it, uh, then I might think about doing things like this again in the future. So we'll see what happens, but. Appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, Check out ScreenSpeak episodes coming down the pipe. I do have some new content coming that I think should interest you all. But other than that, I'll just say take care, keep watching movies, and I will see you all next time.